Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 38. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hey there, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC, and today I'm excited to bring you my interview with Rini Beck, LMFT, an Oakland psychotherapist who specializes in dream work and transpersonal psychotherapy. Rini is very knowledgeable about the shadow aspects of ourselves, and in this episode, she talks about what the shadow is, how it shows up, why we need to address it, and how we can do that in therapy in ways that don't have to be intimidating. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Rainy Beck, LMFT, a psychotherapist in Oakland, California. Rainy, thank you so much for being here today. I'm delighted, Laura. Me too. So... Can you just start off talking a little bit about yourself and your practice? Um, I work with alternative healers and inner seekers and intuitives. I do dream work and transpersonal therapy. Uh, Also, about half of my practice is transpersonal supervision and clinical consultation. And I also offer transpersonal CEUs. And I work online in California and at my Oakland office. Wonderful. So your online practice is only within California? Yes, it is. Gotcha. That's where my license is. So That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I am very interested in transpersonal therapy. Can you talk about what that is? Sure. Um, transpersonal means something that goes beyond, over, or through the personal. And a lot of the traditional uh, psychotherapeutic modalities address uh, mind, emotion, and with somatics, you also include body. But some of them leave out the creative or spiritual aspect, Mm. which um, to me is just an integral part of who we are. Um, We have bodies, we have emotions, we have a mind, um, we have this creative spiritual fire 
um, which can show up in all different kinds of ways. People don't necessarily need to be on a religious path or a spiritual path to have that that passion and that fire. It's kind of whatever really takes you beyond yourself. Um, that may be cooking, it may be swimming, it may be dancing, it may be writing, it may be being in relationship. Uh, but that thing where you become kind of merged with a larger energy mm. and that's where your fire lies and that is where we get an incredible amount of energy and where our healing can come from is by the things that feed our deeper self and so transpersonal is about accessing that deeper self it's about working through and getting under the pain and the fear and the trauma and the habits that we have developed over time to keep ourselves safe and getting under that to the core of ourselves to our real strength and working through shadow so we can get to those precious parts of ourselves that we had to protect that had to be hidden so that even we couldn't see them um, in order to keep them safe during whatever trauma we had or difficulties we had where it wasn't safe to show those parts of ourselves and so transpersonal is calling on that I mean I think all therapies do that but it isn't they don't necessarily um, you know actively hold that aspect of the core self and something beyond something bigger than ourselves beyond that yeah so the spiritual aspect and getting connected with your true self, your inner, mm -hmm. your soul, maybe, would that be? Uh -huh. right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I want to ask you about something else you said, but first let me ask, do people come to you asking for transpersonal therapy or are they looking for spirituality when they seek you out? Um, at this point, most people do because that's, it's pretty clear on my website that that's what I do. Um, but I also have, I have 30 years experience working with teenagers and their families. Um, and so I'm, I'm also really practical. <laughs> so if, and my, my basic belief in therapy is we meet people where they are and help them move as they need to and want to move within themselves and in the world and so I do sometimes get people who come to me who don't have any dreams who never talk about spirituality but that's still how I hold the therapeutic container how I hold what we're doing together as kind of a, a sacred deepening of self mm. so even if it's not explicitly stated that's like the framework that you operate in uh-huh yeah, yeah. And um, so the part that I wanted to ask you more about, about what you just said, is about shadow work. Okay, shadow, shadow is, I mean, it's the unconscious aspect of the self. And um, some of that, I mean, we, we repress things that are too difficult for us to deal with, you know. Um, and we also have just things we can't keep in our consciousness all the time like everybody's phone number <laughs> you know or this is why we make lists because we don't want to have to remember things um, but we do 
repress things that are too difficult. Um, I mean, you know, when something horrible happens, our first reaction, of course, is no, just no, <laughs> that can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we move we move through that. But sometimes we keep things in the no, that can't be, um, because it isn't safe for us. Because something so horrible happened that we would not have been able to keep our sanity or stay alive if we let that be conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may not do that with all of it. We may repress the emotion about it. We may repress the memory of it, or we may we may keep the memory of it, but not the emotions. We may store the emotions somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And so the shadow holds that, but it also holds those parts of ourselves that we had to hide during that trauma, um, a trauma or difficulty. It doesn't have to be trauma. I mean, if uh, some cultures, for example, um, use sh- shame as a primary way of, of getting, you know, behavior. Uh, the United States is not very big on shame. Um, but there are, you know, within cultures, there are different things that get repressed. Within families and subcultures, there are different things that get repressed. Um, I think women, women's rights have come a long way, but it's still, women are not supposed to be too smart. So you may have hidden your smarts. I knew someone who in fourth grade took up a musical instrument and the teacher told him, you are horrible, you have no musical bones in your body at all, you should never pick up another instrument. Hmm. And that person took that in and did not touch an instrument until his late 20s. And he became one of the best guitar players I know. Wow. So he had to keep his musical talent repressed until he got old enough and moved out on his own and got enough confidence to be able to pick up a guitar and let his talent out. So there are these beautiful things that we hide from ourselves as well as scary things. Yeah. Do you work primarily with people who've experienced trauma? Most people who come into therapy have. Yeah, Uh, I agree. There's there's just so much trauma in this world. Um, Yes. The research I've read most recently says like 89% of urban youth have PTSD, Mm. regardless of background. It's just from living in cities, there's, you know, I mean, they're big cities, they're crowded, there's lots of violence, there's also lots of poverty. Anywhere you have a large population, there's unfortunately going to be poverty in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that come incredible stressors. So a lot of us have trauma. It may not be big, huge trauma like some people think of, but trauma is trauma. And trauma affects people differently. Some Two people may go through the same event and one may become traumatized and one may not. Um, and the opposite for a different event. Um, but a lot of us have had really horrible things happen to us or really difficult things over an extended period of time. And we've had to repress some of our strength and our joy and our talents and our beauty. And therapy is one way that we can reaccess those things. I love that. And I agree with you, not only that trauma is more widespread than 
people realize, but that I haven't met anyone in a therapy room who hadn't experienced trauma. And that was even before I started advertising myself as a trauma therapist. (laughs) Right. You know, it's hard to get through life without experiencing any trauma. It is. It is. It's it's part of being human. Mm -hmm. As the Buddhists would say, it's the fact that we all share that is it allow it allows us compassion for each other and allows us access to our hearts yeah it's a shared human experience and that's what you're talking about when you mentioned the spirituality being whatever connects you to like a larger Mm -hmm. energy yes yeah, so I want to ask you about another thing you just said when uh-huh. you mentioned that the U.S. isn't really big on using shame to control behavior I was thinking about in childhood. Um, is that what you were saying? I think it's not so much in sh- in childhood. Um, I think it's more as adults. I mean, if we look at, if we look at how Americans are viewed by the rest of the world um, in general, we're loud, we're arrogant. Um, we're selfish and I mean it's you know in one sense it's that individual pioneer spirit but on the other it does the individuality does leave out a lot of possible connection Mm -hmm. that we can have and I think we can have both but I don't think shame is used very much in our culture as adults Um, I think bossiness and meanness is Mm. Yeah. And that may be shaming, but that's not the primary drive behind it. It's more I'm in power. Yeah. And I'm having a bad day, so you're going to suffer. Yeah, I think I see shame used a lot for power and control. Uh-huh. So, um like for example, you mentioned poverty before. The mm-hmm. cultural message around poverty in our country still is You know, well, why don't people work hard? You know, people who are poor are lazy. They don't want to work hard. That's not true. No, not at all. But that's our cultural Mm -hmm. message. Also, like thinking about with incarceration and people, the war on drugs and people being shamed for breaking the rules. And then they're sort of seen as not allowed to be part, like they're shunned in some ways, you know, the stigma that's attached. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it goes even beyond shame. It's kind of ignoring. Yeah. It's um, it's you don't exist. And if you do exist, get out. Yeah. That disconnection yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah. Very interesting. So um, about shadow work, mm-hmm. you had something on your website that really caught my attention. You were talking about, as a therapist, my teen shadow showing up in my work with teen clients. Oh, the adolescent shadow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I worked at this teeny little high school for over 30 years. Oh, wow. And um, it was a great, wonderful place, a little alternative school that started out in the 60s. Um, and when I started my first internship there, and I literally went back to high school as an adult. Yeah. Um, and it was like, Oh God, are they going to like me? Am I going to fit in um, with the students? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Rini, you haven't thought like this in, you know, a decade and a half. What's going on? Um, and it brought up for me a lot of 
issues that came up for me in high school. And I also supervised over uh, 70 counselors during my years there. And every single one of them, you know, was literally going back to high school and their adolescent issues came up. And that had to do with not only who am I, which also fits in with, you know, being a beginning therapist because you're trying to find that out too. Right. Um, but who am I and how do I, how do I connect with people socially? And in this case, people who, whose age I used to be, um, and why can't I, if I'm not, um, yeah. and, and also just touching back into the depth of emotion that we had mm-hmm. as adolescents when, um, when our emotions were processed, processed through our amygdala and s- instead of through our uh, prefrontal cortex. Um, and so they were intensified, um, and really wanting those deep connections and having, you know, your, your mind opening up in all these ways as, as your brain is going through this new pruning <clears throat> and looking at what is politically right and politically wrong. You know, I mean, as teenagers, we get to say, no, not this, no, not that, because we're trying to figure out who we are and we don't really know, but we know what we're not. And that's a way of pruning out down to who we are, what we do believe. And I think there's also an incredible creative opening that happens in, mm. in adolescence. I mean, kids who were artists really usually get into their work then, and they really deepen the kind of work they're doing. I, have, I don't think I've ever met a teenager where music wasn't of vital importance to them. Agreed. Um, you know, um, we all, it fed us, it, you know, it expressed our deep, our deepest feelings. I mean, it still does as adults, but it doesn't have the same kind of intensity, unless you're a musician, um, that it did back then. And there's all these, the big questions, who am I? Why am I here? Why do we suffer? Is there life after death? Is there a God or some meaning? Is there any meaning? Um, so all of those, all of those questions come up. Um, plus who am, who am I walking through the world in this body? I mean, adolescence goes through incredible, there's incredible physical changes that happen too. Um, so, so it's a big, it's a big turning point. And as adults, we tend to forget that what we tend to remember for most adults is, oh, it was the best time of my life or it was the worst time of my life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, huh? The best time? Who thinks that? <laughs> right. Some people do. Some It's glory days, right? Those were their glory days. Yeah. Um, and, so, you know, and some people say, no, worst time, worst time. Um, and it's I'm the only... camp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had some amazing times in high school, though, too, as, as incredibly hard as it was. Yeah. Um, but the culture, it's very, we repress a lot of this. I mean, it was like, oh, we have an adolescent shadow. I mean, mostly psychotherapy has dealt with early childhood experiences, True. which is really, really important. But there are also woundings that can happen as a teenager that are different and woundings that can happen that really sock in the childhood woundings. Yeah. Uh, and so there are, there's healing to do in that area, too. There are gifts to be reawoken from that times in our lives. Um, 
and we can do that. Um, people usually deal with that um, successfully or not when they have teenagers of their own. Um, right. Uh, but the culture is, I mean, I really think teenagers are the shadow of the culture. Um, mm. um, you know, somebody walking down the street, um, if there's a group of teenagers, I've seen a lot of people just cross the street. Um, when I used to go to um, you know, events where, you know, it was intern placement events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all had each had a table for our agency. And I, I put up a big sign that says, want to work with teenagers? And I could literally see some of... Therapists, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. The, the students and the interns coming in, seeing that sign, and without even thinking about it, like taking three steps away as they walked by. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, that, and that's unconscious. They're not going, oh, teenagers, I'm going to walk further away from that. <laughs> you know, right. so it's it's an unconscious thing. It's part of our cultural shadow. I mean, just as you mentioned, poverty in this country, race in this country, um, these are all things that are put into our shadow or kept in our shadow and that need to be addressed. You know, there are it's it's hurting us it's hurting us both individually and collectively yeah so would you say that if the shadow is the things that we're repressing the parts of ourselves that we're repressing that are our shadow if that part of us isn't brought to light that it hurts us Absolutely. It can jump up and bite you in the butt yeah. <laughs> when you least expect it. Was it Jung? Jung or somebody said, that which you make unconscious will save you. That which you leave unconscious will destroy you. Mm. And I mean, for me, dreams are a great way to get in touch with my shadow. Um, and I do a lot of dream work. A lot of the trauma work I do is by working with people with their dreams and imagery around their dreams. Um, I'd love for you to talk more about how you use dream work. Um, well, I mean, we all dream, or how much, regardless of how much we remember it. Mm -hmm. And the unconscious, the language of the conscious mind is words. Like, that's how we're talking now. <laughs> right. Um, and the language of the unconscious mind is symbols. And, I mean, we know that good movies have really good symbols. Um yeah, I mean, they have archetypes, they have heroes, they have villains, they have the journey, 
um, the ordeal, the initiation, the redemption. And, and so we, there are all of these, this, you know, the blessing that comes to help. And it's those symbols, not just the script writing and the story, but the symbols that we relate to. Um, because they touch us, again, and getting back to our shared human experience. Um, I mean, we all have been born. We're all going to die. We're all on our life's journey now. Um, we all face challenges. Um, we all go through seasons. You know, we all celebrate cyclical anniversaries. Um, we all go through defeat. You know, there's just so much that we that we share as humans. So we have our, our shared human experience, which are considered archetypes, which show up regularly. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are cultural shared experiences, our familial shared experiences, and our own personal symbols that can show up in dreams. And I think, I mean, the unconscious is great. It gives us information at times when we can deal with it. And in dream, dreams, it comes up in symbols so that we can understand those symbols as much as we're prepared to. Um, and I love working with dreams, having people dialogue with different uh, symbols or characters in their dreams, becoming those characters, finding out the, the message underneath the symbols, um, and also helping people find a way to ground out those messages to to ha have them working and applied in their lives on a regular basis um, and it's it's just really marvelous sacred stuff yeah it's really deep mm -hmm. well we're humans we are yeah when we take some time to stop being so busy all the time because we have a lot of stuff to do too <laughs> yeah we like to stay busy we do we do do you think people can learn what their subconscious is trying to tell them? Wait, is it the subconscious or the unconscious in dreams? Subconscious, right? Um, it, well, it's okay. coming from the unconscious. I mean, for me, it's coming from, from yourself or your soul, your core. Okay. Um, and, but it has to, I mean, I think it, and that's where the archetypal symbols come up, but I think the personal symbols come up from more the subconscious, the stuff that's closer to consciousness, which is, you know, why we may integrate, you know, a story we heard yesterday or a TV show or something mm -hmm. into, into our dreams. Um, so it's, so it's from both. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So do you think that people can get the message that they are trying to receive without analyzing their dreams? Because I know some people never think about the meaning of their dreams. They'll say, oh, I had a strange dream, but they don't think about the meaning. Right. And I mean, it's dream work is a modality. I mean, there are lots of modalities because people have different styles and different things that are going to help them access their self. And again, that can be something that isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily demand, you know, that conscious inward looking. I mean, it may be by becoming a super runner, though, that you're still going to have to look inward in terms of dealing with your challenges about, you know, breaking through those things that are holding you back, about increasing your endurance. And so there are all different kinds of ways. Um, some people are, um, in terms of therapy, some people are much more intellectually Organized. That's the, the you know the first aspect of self that they they go to. Some people are more emotional. Some people are more somatic. 
Um, some people are more imaginal or, or creative. And those are, I mean, Jung's four types. I mean, he took, he made those types from the, the four archetypes of the elements, earth as uh, the physical world, water as the emotional world, air as the mental world, and fire or the sun up above those elements as uh, the creative spiritual world. And we all have our preferred mode. Um, so it's meeting someone there and helping them expand that so that we can get all of those things in balance. That's so interesting. I've never heard that explained. Thank you for saying that. Sure. And, you know, what came to me as I was listening to you saying how dream work is a modality, I thought of the Pema Chodron quote, um, nothing ever goes away until it teaches you what you need to learn. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, well, okay, so if you're not looking at your dreams, the message that you need to get is still going to come through to yes. you somehow. Either your mm -hmm. body's going to shut down because it's like that's what you needed to see to get it, that there was something that needed to be addressed or all mm -hmm. those different aspects. Just that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. We strive for wholeness. Yeah. Maybe that's what makes people show up in therapy is when they know something's out of alignment. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't do it all by ourselves and we don't have to. We don't have to. We're not solitary creatures as um, even though many of us are introverts. Um, that does we're, we're social animals and we learn and grow I mean babies fail to thrive if they don't get enough contact with other humans um, we need other humans and we need different perspectives and, and different input in order to be able to move out of our own little closed systems that we've developed for protection yeah like they say we're hardwired for connection that's right so, Rini, another thing you use that I think is really interesting and seems to relate to what you were talking about with dream work is tarot. Yes, I love tarot. Um, I got into, my mom turned me on to tarot when I was like four, 13, 14. Um, wow. She just, she, well, she just kind of found it as a, you know, she happened into it and thought it was a hoot. <laughs> and, and she, you know stopped being interested in after a while but I never did um, and yeah it's I mean again it's imagery it's archetypes um, and I and I use it with people if they're if they bring it up um, in therapy I mean it's on my website so people know I do it I don't do fortune telling at all uh, I work with the cards pretty much the same way I work with dreams it's you know people pull cards and talk about their responses to them talk about how things relate to their lives that from the imagery they see um, we do discuss the archetypal meanings as well as the meanings that they get from it and we do look at the synchronistic placement of those images and how that can fit into you know you know they look at them and see oh oh I could do that that would help me work this through um, so it's, it's a way to get a different perspective and to step out of our, our normal thinking. Um, and it's, it can be really useful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting too. And you teach, and now you say, I'm saying tarot and you're saying 
Tarot. Tarot. It's either way is fine. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, how am I supposed to say it? <laughs> but you teach this. So um, can you tell me more about those classes? Who are they for and what do they get out of it? Okay. Those, um, my Tarot classes at this point are just, um, it's basically an introduction or review for people who, who are already familiar with the cards. And there are, there's 72 cards in the deck, and that's a lot of cards. Yeah. And um, Angelise Arian, who wrote the Tarot Handbook, um, she's a wonderful, wonderful symbol person. She breaks the cards up into nine constellations, and each of the, which includes basically all the cards. And so the cards are grouped together into nine groups rather than, you know, you having to think about 72 different meanings. Yeah. Um, and there are progressions within those groups. And so it's looking at that and, um, you know, having people spend time with the cards and talking about the basic meanings. And we do um, a mini reading for everyone in the class each time um, so that they can get, you know, a, a more intuitive understanding of of what the cards mean and and how they can use them um, and it's it's really fun um, and people learn a lot and people get to challenge themselves a lot because um, well you know how it is when you um, when you you start understanding about something about yourself and it's like no I don't no no let's not do that yeah <laughs> right um, one of my one of my interns uh, once said it was we were working on countertransference stuff and she said a fog I said a fog what is a fog she said another effing opportunity for growth oh, darn it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so there are some moments like that too which are which you know can be fun it's like okay yeah I'll work on that when I can it's so brave to be willing to look at and not just ignore the thing that you don't want to be true about yourself I know and that's our shadow that's yeah. part of shadow. And yeah, and we need to approach shadow gently and and hopefully with humor. Humor makes hard things much easier to deal with. So, That's but we true. do need to approach our shadow. Yeah. Yeah, can you say something about how people can think about working with their shadow in a way where it doesn't seem scary? Sure. Um, you know when you meet somebody and you just instantly don't like them for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, I really don't like this person. Um, that's you. That's our shadow. We have no reason to not like them. We don't know who they are. Um, I mean, if, assuming they haven't done anything heinous to us or mean. Um, generally, that's, that's a cue that our shadow is at work. And it's like, well, what don't I like about this person? You know, um, they haven't done anything. So what is it about them? So it's it's figuring out, hmm, well, gee, they remind me a little of, I don't know, my uncle. Okay, well, what was going on with my uncle? I don't want to look at what was going on with my uncle. Okay, well, how am I like my uncle? <laughs> you know, but just let's let's try to get a different perspective on our reactions to things. Um and I'm I'm not talking about um, like primal life reactions, like um, you know you see a child in danger being hit by a car, you run out and save the kid. Um, I mean, not talking life and death. I'm talking more psychological and emotional responses to things that 
you can't really figure out why you're having those responses. There's usually something under there that gives you an opportunity for growth. Um, so it's just looking at that and maybe talking with your friends even. Like, I, I have this strange, I, I just don't like this person and I have no reason not to. Um, do you have any idea why I don't like this person? <laughs> you know, because our friends, I mean, you know, our friends know lots about us. The people we love know lots about us and they might be able to to help us gently approach that. Um, and of course, certainly therapy can help. Um, yeah. The other thing is um, using an art form, whatever your art form is, to deal with difficult stuff. Um, writing, dancing, sculpting, um, painting, you know, um, use whatever creative form you have um, to look at these difficult feelings, to look at these scary feelings. It also gives a container to them um, and keeps it a little, you know, can give it a little distance from you so you can be more observing of it, which mm -hmm. can make it easier to look at. That's why I, I use a lot of imagery work because people can, you know, they, they can create these images and they can follow them, but they also have more of an objective view rather than being right in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing all of this. I Sure. I've really wanted to bring your message about how you do your work to my audience. And as you know, we did talk one time previously, and unfortunately, there were problems with the recording. So I really think you were generous to give me your time again so people could hear about this. And I think it's going to really resonate with a lot of the listeners that, you know, wow, this is something I want to know more about. Cool. Yeah. And I'm happy to talk with you anytime, Laura. It's, it's delightful. Oh, you're so sweet. So, Rini, you provide supervision for therapists. Mm -hmm. You work with artists, he, alternative healers, and creatives. Uh-huh. And um, I do a lot of work with intuitives, people who, people who, some people who actually make their living doing intuitive services, um, like energy work um, or psychic readings, that kind of thing. Um, Wonderful. And, and also inner seekers, people on spiritual paths, because that can stir up a lot of our old stuff. You know, um, folks who, uh, in terms of trauma, the primary trauma that I've found I work with over the years is early sexual abuse. Mm. Um, and that is unfortunately way too common. So, yeah. Yes, it is way too common. Mm-hmm. That's one of my areas of specialty, too. So right. I know how common it is. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Well, where can we learn more about what you have going on? Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on my website, which is reniebeckmft.com. Um, I also have a Facebook page, uh, Rini Beck LMFT. Um, and I'm on G Plus and Twitter. Um, so, and all of those are pretty much connected. So, but my website is reniebeckmft.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. So, Rini, do you have any services that are available to people who don't live in California? I do. Um, I can only provide supervision and therapy in California because that's where my license is. But I can do consultations 
um, around DreamWork or Tarot uh, anywhere in the world. Wonderful. Well, I bet yeah. some people would really like to get in touch with you about that. So thanks for letting us know. Thank you. Awesome. And Rene is spelled R-E-N-E-E. -E. Yes, it's spelled like Renee. It's just pronounced Rene. <laughs> awesome. Well, and I'll share your website in the show notes and Thank so you. people can link to it directly from listening to this episode. Thank you so much, Rene, for giving me your time again today and for sharing your your very interesting work. Thank you, Laura. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Rini Beck. I thought we had a fascinating conversation. She taught me so much about how the subconscious and unconscious influence our daily lives in the shadow that shows up, whether you want it to or not, and different ways that we can work on the shadow parts of ourselves that have been hidden if you like this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave a rating and review and subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes. And if you know other people who might benefit from listening to Therapy Chat, spread the word. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website, at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.